This evening we are looking at the topic of spiritual lessons from a lizard. Spiritual lessons from a lizard. Now remember, lizards are amazing species of uh, animals. Though a lot of people, when they see a lizard, they will feel very, very creepy and scared. Now look at this lizard, so beautiful, isn't it? Now we may look at our normal lizards that we have in our homes and we'll say, hey, that is uh, not something that I don't want to look at. But uh, this evening we are going to look at some interesting aspects about you know, a lizard. In Proverbs 30, 28, we find this verse, taking hold with its hands, yet it is found in king's palaces. Now, that's what the Bible tells us. You, know? you may look at a lizard and say, how far will this lizard go? You know? But the Bible tells us it is found in king's palaces. So, we are going to look at some amazing facts about lizards and also as humans, what we can learn from it. Now, first question that you would ask is, how many types of lizards are there? Okay. Now, this evening, looking at these slides, you will recognize there are different types of lizards. Okay. There are more than 600,000 uh, 6, different lizard species. There is more than 6,000 different lizard species. Now, you can Go online, check out the different, different, beautiful lizards that are there that God has created. Second question that we can ask is, do lizards have claws? Do lizards have claws? Some lizards do have claws. And these claws are meant for digging burrows or holes to escape the sun during the hot desert days and to dig for food. And some forest lizards even have sharp claws for climbing up trees. So not all lizards have claws. So when you find a lizard at home, don't be scared that it has claws. Not all lizards have claws. But it is only these that are found in the deserts. Third question we can ask is, can lizards swim? Can lizards swim? Some lizards actually have flippers for swimming. A flipper is a broad, flat limb without fingers used for swimming by different sea animals such as seas and whales and turtles. It is also a flat rubber attachment that is worn on the foot for underwater swimming. Now, lizards that live in water often have built-in flippers. Their hands and feet are webbed, meaning they have skin between their fingers to help them swim fast. Now, what is the unique thing about the tail of a lizard? What is the unique thing about the tail of a lizard? Have you ever seen a Swiss army knife? It has so many different, different tools and gadgets for different jobs attached on one small army knife, on one small knife. Now, lizards' tails are sort of like a Swiss army knife. There are many functions that help lizards survive. First of all, lizards can store fat in their tails. And as a result, this extra food storage helps out in times when food is hard to find. Also, their tails are detachable. They are detachable. In other words, if you, know, you suddenly catch hold of the tail or you know, try to hit the tail, you will find that the lizard will detach its tail and move 
away. You know, that is God's pattern of helping them to flee from the predator. Number five, why do the lizards stick out their tongues? Why do the lizards stick out their tongues? You know, lizards actually smell with their tongues. They actually smell with their tongues. The lizard sticks out its tongue to catch scent particles in the air and then pulls back its tongue and places those particles on the roof of its mouth where there are special sensory cells. And the lizards can use these scent clues to find food or to find a mate or to detect enemies. Okay. So this is how God has designed it. You know? You know, with the tongue, it will be able to smell stuff. Number six, do lizards have ears? You know? Have you ever seen a lizard having a ear? No, they don't have ear flaps like mammals do. But they have visible ear openings to catch sound. And their eardrums are just below the surface of their skin. Now remember, lizards can't hear as well as we do, but their hearing is definitely better than that of snakes. Number seven, how do lizards escape from an enemy's grasp? Okay, remember I mentioned to you, what do they do? They break off part of their own tail. That's how they escape, okay? by breaking off part of their own tail. So the tail actually has a weak spot just for this purpose. So if a predator grabs the lizard by its tail, the tail easily comes off. It will grow back, you know, but without bone, okay? And it will be slimmer, shorter, and maybe of a different color, okay? Now, when a lizard sheds its tail, sometimes it may return back later to see if it's still there and then eat it. Remember, we spoke about then the tail, what happens? There is food material. So it will come back to take that material and eat it. Number eight, do lizards have vocal cords? Can they speak? No, lizards are dumb. You know? Now, when you say dumb, you know, it means you know, they don't have vocal cords. They cannot make any sound. They only communicate through body language. However, the gecko lizard is the only exception. It has vocal cords. Number nine, what's so unique about the eyes of a lizard? What's so unique about the eyes of a lizard? A lizard's eyes are on the side of its head. A lizard sees the world in a different way than you and I do. We have a narrower field of vision than a lizard because both of our eyes are in front. But a lizard can see a wider view, more than 180 degrees. But we'll also look at later how this can also be a, a problem. Finally, number 10, what is the lifespan of a lizard? What is the lifespan of a lizard? The lifespan of most lizard species varies from 1 to 20 years. But some of them can also live for 50 years. Think of it. Okay, small creatures, but God has so designed it that it can live for 1 to 20 years or maybe even up to 50 years. That's the beauty of God's creation, the uniqueness of creating each of these, even of some of these small creatures. God has created them so minutely and so beautifully, and we must thank God for them, and we must recognize that we are created in His image far, far more beautiful.
So when we look at all these creatures, give thanks to God for his unique creation of our lives. Let's look at some spiritual lessons. Spiritual lesson number one, learn to let go. Learn to let go. Remember, we spoke about how lizards have this defense mechanism, which is called as autonomy, where they can shed their tails when they are chased by predators. Okay. And it grows back again. But this is the uh, uh, defense mechanism that they have. Learning to let go. Sometimes there are uh, times in our lives when letting go becomes difficult. You know, many today are not able to move forward because they have refused to let go of something of the past. Okay. They say, I cannot live without that. And as a result, you know, they are uh, trapped in a particular situation. They don't want to leave that situation. They don't want to move forward as well. Maybe some of you are trapped with the wrong type of friends or stuck in wrong relationships. And you can't let go because you think that letting go will cause you pain and misery. But let's learn from the lizard this evening. Recognize that it is willing to let go. Letting go is definitely painful, but it is for the better. Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The prophet here is telling the people, see, the Lord is doing a new thing. Don't keep looking at the past. As someone has said, when a door of opportunity closes, another one opens, right? I'm sure you have heard that phrase. But we sometimes spend so much time gazing at the locked door that we fail to see the open door. We spend so much time looking and gazing at the locked door that we fail to see the open door. What are some of the things that has happened in your life? Things that are like a closed door, you know, but God has closed that door for you to open up another door. But you're only looking at that old door that is closed and wondering what has happened to me. God has plans for you for the future. You know, God has goals that you need to accomplish in your life. But in order to do this, you need to learn this important principle of letting go. Now, this letting go involves two things. One is to identify that which is blocking or basically what is the hindrance and then to take action. Now, we may have different hindrances in our lives that blocking us from accomplishing the goal that God has for us. It could be bad habits. It could be just laziness. It could be the wrong type of friends. It could be just wasting your time, distractions that are happening in your life. These are all hindrances that are stopping you from accomplishing that which God wants you to accomplish. Learn from the lizard. Don't hold on to something. Look forward into the future. Be decisive and take an action. Take an action. Just imagine if the lizard hesitated to release its tail under an attack. What will happen? It will die, right? How often? The little lizard is much more brainier 
than us humans. We still hold on to some things of the past. We still hold on to some of the closed doors rather than looking at what God has for us in the future. Number two, the second lesson. It is much better to lose a tail than a life. It is much better to lose a tail than a life. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5 and verse 29, Jesus said, If thy right hand offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. It is God's desire that we live with him forever in heaven. But that won't happen if you're holding on to the things of this world. And if you're saying that this world is more important to us, it is better to lose some of the earthly things that we treasure so much than to lose our life for all eternity. So start identifying the hindrances to your spiritual life, things that are slowing you down. Remember, as Christians, our ultimate goal is heaven. And if anything is preventing us from getting there, it has got to go. So that's the second thing you must ask yourself. What are the things that are preventing you from following after Jesus? The way God expects you to do. Are you holding on to some of the pleasures of this world, what the world is offering, and saying, hey, this is more important to me than my spiritual life? No, the Bible says, be willing to let them go. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Great Divorce, tells the story of a group of people who are standing between heaven and hell. Remember, this is a fictional account. There's no and our, our truth in this, it's a story. And towards the end of the book, Lewis describes a man who is limping and he has a lizard on his shoulder. And the lizard's words captivate the man and yet they also leave him weak, chained to a life that he hates. And the lizard whispers all kinds of soul-destroying things into the man's mind. And so in the story, an angel confronts the man and asks for permission to kill the lizard. It's the only way, the angel says. The man asked if the lizard's death will hurt him. Will it hurt me? And the angel answers, it will hurt you, but it won't kill you. And the man so addicted to this lizard stubbornly refuses. And notice the word he says, get back, he says, get back. Why are you torturing me? How can I let you tear me into pieces? See, the man doesn't want the pain. He doesn't want the anguish of amputation. And so he begins putting forward excuse after excuse. There's got to be another way. And the lizard makes its plea as well, bargaining for its future. At one point, screaming to be spared. But the angel comes back again and again to the same question. May I kill it? May I kill it? May I kill it? And the man finally says that he will allow it. And then in a fantastic twist, the lizard doesn't die. What happens? The lizard mutates into a great stallion, a horse standing strong. And the man formerly in bondage is made new. He is transformed and he mounts the back of that horse. And like a shooting star, he rides off into the foothills. The man is now strengthened. He is now at peace. His face is gleaming. He is fully alive. He rides into the mountains to the place of joy that he may see the face of God. Now, ask yourself, what is that which you are holding on to, which is preventing you from experiencing the goodness of God in your life. 
it is better to lose a tail than a life. Is it some friends? Is it some habits? Is it some pleasures that you're enjoying that you don't want to let go? You say, if I give this up, it is too much. No, nothing that you give up is going to be too much because God is able to do much more than you can ever ask or think. Number three, keep growing. Keep growing. Lizards shed their skin when they need to grow and they grow their entire lives. That's the characteristic of a a lizard. A lizard constantly sheds its skin. In a sense, if something no longer grows, the thing is dead. Growth is something continuous. Growth is progressive. We need to keep growing all the time. Now, remember even physically, okay, we are growing. Our skin is constantly changing. Now, even though we may not recognize it, the old cells are falling off and new ones are coming in. That's what the growth is all about. But once a person is dead, the skin doesn't change, you know. It is dead. It becomes dust, you know. So something that is dead no longer grows. Think, for example, of you know, stagnant water and moving water, okay. Something that is stagnant, what happens? It is dead. It will stink. But something that is moving, even though there's rubbish, that rubbish goes out. If it's not moving, if it is not growing, then it will definitely stink. So, similarly to the lizard growing its skin, there are some hard lessons that you have to learn. There are some tough exams that you need to pass. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24 tells us to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, which is corrupt through deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's what God wants us to do, to put off our old self, to put off our old habits. Are you ready to renew your mind and to grow in holiness? God wants us to keep growing. Learn from the lizard. Number four, don't have an inferiority complex. Don't have an inferiority complex. Now, when we look at the lizards in our homes, they are ugly, scary creatures that are despised by everyone. Yet, what do they do? They make their way to the best mansions. They go to the palaces. They go to the rich man's house. You know? It is not to say, you know, the lizard says, I'm a poor lizard. I don't look good. So, you know, where can I go? I'll just hide myself under the, in the dust. No, the lizard goes everywhere. Now, it is our attitude of how we view ourselves, how we evaluate ourselves is what is most important. Remember, there are many celebrities today who are beautiful, who are wealthy, who are talented, who are famous, yet they end up maybe with a drug overdose, yet they end up maybe committing suicide. Why? Because they have the wrong conception, perception of life. Because a wrong perception always leads to a life of bondage. Who you are is not based on your outward appearance, nor with your possessions. Who you are is based on what God created you to be. Who you are is based on what comes from within your spirit. Psalm 139 and verse 14 tells us, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So this evening, how do you evaluate yourself? Do you consider yourself ugly? Do you consider yourself very beautiful? 
It's not the external that God is looking at. God is saying, I've created you in my image and I have a plan for you. So be like the lizard. Be willing to go to the places, reach up to the places that God has in store for you. Number five, be persistent. Be persistent. Proverbs 30.28 says, A lizard can be caught with the hand, yet it is found in king's palaces. A lizard can be caught with the hand, yet it is found in king's palaces. It has been said that the race is not always to the swift, but to those who keep on running. This principle certainly applies to fulfilling our God-given purpose and achieving our human and spiritual potential. Remember, we don't have to be geniuses to do this. We don't have to have high IQs for this. But we need to be persistent to keep on pressing on in spite of the circumstances that are around us. Think, for example, of the Apostle Paul. He experienced all sorts of trials and setbacks. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was left for dead. He was whipped and beaten. He was thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. He knew what it was firsthand to experience loneliness and cold and hunger. But he wrote some of the beautiful letters to the churches while he was in prison. Think, for example, about John Bunyan. The famous book that he wrote, Pilgrim's Progress, was written when he was in prison. Think, for example, in today's time, there's a person, a preacher by the name of David Ring, who has cerebral palsy, how he still preaches the gospel with all his limitations. Why? Because he believes God has called him to be a preacher, persistent to press on. When the people said he will never be a preacher, he will never amount to anything. Before he came to know the Lord, you know, when he was thinking of committing suicide all the time, you know, once he came to know the Lord, life was changed. Persistence came in. Attitude changed. Let me encourage you to go on YouTube and check you know, this person's testimony. It's a beautiful testimony. You'll be challenged by it. Remember, God has a plan and purpose for each one of us. We don't have to look at you know, somebody else and say, I don't have that, so I cannot do it. No, God has a purpose for you, each one. So in the midst of any setbacks, in the midst of any disappointments that you may have had, remember to be persistent. Never give up the challenge to become what God has called you to be and keep on doing what God is asking you to do. Number six, be humble. Be humble. The lizard teaches us that great strength can be had in something as inauspicious as humility. James chapter 4 and verse 6 says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. There's something about a humble man that can disarm even a king. That is how the lizards can get up to the king's palaces. Humble creatures, not bothered about what people will say. They won't say, hey, there's a king's palace, I can't go in. No, fulfilling its vision, keep on doing that which God has created it to be. Number seven, use the gifts that God has given you. Use the gifts that God has given you. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God has given each of us certain gifts to be used in the body of Christ. Now, you have a choice, you know, to use them or not to use them. If you don't use them, 
you will become stagnant. But if you use them, you will grow. The gecko lizard is an amazing creature. God has created this lizard with suction cups on his hands and feet so that this creature can walk up walls, crawl along ceilings, even enter the king's palace, a place he did not deserve to be, a place he did not belong. So, if you and I learn from the gecko gizzard, God has given us different gifts and abilities. Hold on to what God has promised he is able to do from, for you. Hold on to what God has given you. Hold on to the gifts and talents that God has given you and start using it. Instead of looking at what you don't have, look at what you do have and use it for God's kingdom. Number eight, allow God to perform surgery on you. Allow God to perform surgery on you. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 tells us, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. God wants to do this surgery on us, but what we must do, we must allow him to do it. What is our role in the growth process? What does this passage tell us? We must demolish arguments. Now, Satan may come and say, hey, it's not possible. This has happened in your life. How can you think about moving forward? You know, he may try to prevent you from accomplishing the goals that God has for you. The pretensions that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. God is not with you. You know, if he is with you, then he would not have allowed this to happen. What do we have to do? Bring every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And as we do this, then we find that God does his work in our lives. Somebody has said that Christian maturity is mastering the art of letting go. Allow God to do this uh, surgery in your life, to remove from you what holds back your spiritual life and get rid of all the junk in your spiritual life. Any of these thought patterns, any of these habits, any of these friends, allow God to do that surgery. Get it off from your life. Number nine, have the right perspective of life. Have the right perspective of life. Remember I told you earlier about the eyes of the lizard on it are on its sides. Because it is on its sides also, the lizard has no depth perspective. The lizard has no depth perspective. Each of our eyes has its own field of vision and those two fields of vision overlap. Okay. So what does your do when our, uh, what does the brain do? When uh, processing this image, the brain now processes this image that we see with both our eyes and determines how far the object is from us, isn't it? That's how, you know, when your eyes get bad, then you say, okay, you have short sight, long sight, you know, you cannot see far, you cannot see close by. So then we wear glasses to correct that vision. But the lizard's field of vision doesn't overlap. And as a result, you know, it is not able to process you know, how far the object is. Now, how does this affect the lizard? Listen to this illustration. Imagine there are two people you know, you know, on different sides you know, of the lizard. Okay? One person is standing 20 feet away and the other person is standing just 2 feet away. Okay? 
Now the lizard's brain does not interpret this as someone far away and someone really close. What the lizard's brain will do is he interprets it as one giant person and one tiny person because he can't tell how far either one of the person is from the lizard. Now, if we change the scenario, imagine there's a mouse on one side of him, just a few inches away, and on the other side, a lion, which is 100 feet away. Now, the lizard is going to mistakenly regard the mouse as a much bigger threat, perhaps even start to scuttle off in the direction of the lion, and he will discover too late that his vision fooled him. Now, that is it has you know, no proper uh, depth perception. This is why in the spiritual life, we must have what is called as this depth perception. Jesus mentioned in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 19 to 24, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that the eye is our view of reality, our perception, our attention, and focus in this life of ours. Which eye? Not the physical eye. It's the spiritual eye. What is the depth of perception that we have about the things in this world? What is the real thing? Is the real thing the material things that we see here, or is the real thing the spiritual life that we enjoy? If we think that... The real thing is the material things of this world. I can feel and touch that. That is real. Then you and I are like the lizard. You don't have depth of perception. As a result, when the enemy attacks us with all these attractions, we give in to them and fall a prey to that. Finally, the tenth lesson that we can learn is you and I have a choice. You have a choice. Every lizard must make a choice about his destiny in life. Either he can live with the pauper or he can live with the prince. We have a choice. With persistence, you and I can enter into the presence of God. We can walk the streets of gold in the new Jerusalem. Hold fast to what God is asking you to do. Don't give up. Okay? You may say, I've tried it. I can't do this. You know? But no, hold fast. Mark's Gospel, chapter 13 and verse 13 says, He who endures to the end, the same will be saved. So you have a choice this evening. Do you want to walk on streets of gold in the king's palace? Or do you want to be happy with a mansion here on earth? That's a choice that you make. And that's your destiny. Learn from the lizard. Let's be individuals who have much bigger and better brains you know, than the lizard. Let's be individuals who recognize that we have been created in God's image for a purpose. And let's make the choice this evening to surrender our wills to God 
letting go of our past, letting go of our habits, letting go of our friends and saying, Lord, I want you and you alone in my life. I want to live for you and you alone. Let's bow our heads in prayer together.